Namaste everyone. Welcome to the Charvak Podcast. This is your host Kushal Mehra. Alright, today's topic is 5Ks, Guru's Order or British Concoction. And to talk about this, I have with me Puneet Sani. Puneet, welcome. Thank you, Kushal. Very happy to be here. So Puneet, before we get into it, uh, you know, there is a specific reason as to why you and I decided to talk about this. Now, you shared a lot of material with me before we came on this podcast. Now, I want to clarify something from the beginning. The aim of this podcast is not to attack anyone or hurt anyone. The aim of this podcast is that you shared some reference points with me and you said, read this and you told me, how do you feel about it as a Punjabi? You know, how do you feel about it? And then I was like, okay, chalo, and then when I read about it, I had a lot of questions. So obviously, whatever we are talking about today is going to be backed up by certain academic papers. It's going to be backed up by things that, and we will share the resources too. But before I do that, uh, I, I like to live in a world by where I go by the assumption that people don't know what we are talking about. So let's start like this. We'll do a steel man first. Pehle aap ye batao ki what the five Ks are, what they're called in Punjabi, and what is the Sikh history, etc., etc. about it. Right. So, you know, like Sikhs are like the fifth biggest religion in the world. And, you know, it's a minority, but it's a very prosperous, very visible minority. And what do you learn as a Sikh? You know, I'm a Sikh myself. And, you know, even if I studied in a school and, you know, in, study, in school, they teach you a bit about Sikhism. The very first, one of the very first things they say is like five Ks. So five Ks yeah. stand for basically K for each. You know, it's a, a what do you say, Kesh, which is here, Kanga, which is like a comb, Kirpan is basically a pointer, and Kada is like an iron bracelet, and Kach, which is an underwear or like breeches, that would be more accurate. Okay. And this is what people assume. You know, like okay, this is like a, an essential part of it, but. When you actually start unpacking it, there is nothing like it. And, you know, you said we're going to back it up by uh, academic references. And certainly there are some, you know, but this has been such a fraud. And uh, the reason that it has not come out for almost a century mm -hmm. before, uh, there are reasons for it. There are reasons for everything. Yeah. The first, like Sikhism is about 500 years. And the first 200 years, you know, like before Khalsa, there is no question about it. And then the next 200 years, there is no mention of 5Ks, right? Mm -hmm. In the last 100 years, they just make it the essential part of it, like the most visible, the most essential part of it. So how come nobody like exposed this fraud? Mm. So the first of it is, you know, you have to be like, it's very hard to prove a negative, right? So the thing is like, for example, you know, they the lawyers play this in court. So for example, how, like I say, prove that you're not a wife beater. You can't do that. If you answer, you will basically get tied up, right? So I have to make a case if I accuse you of anything. Got it. So if you find it, it's just like they can't find anything. All these people who are asserting 5Ks, they, they, they can't do anything. And anybody who tries to basically do it in an academic setting, and one of the papers is also about this, they just go after him like, you know, like, uh, you know, an academic is not trained to deal with these thugs. So this paper you're talking about is by Pashora Singh, right? That right, one. right. You know. But in general, you know, I'm just saying like, you know, we have a ton of examples, you know, what they did to like Harjot Obrai, which is like the most brilliant Sikh scholar that came out, you know, mm -hmm. and it's, it's just like so sad, you know, you can't believe like, you know, these people are, you know, exposing truth or finding out something, but there is, it, it's almost impossible, you know, how the attacks that they have to face at a very deeply like personal and vindictive level. So even the, like, for example, the 
uh, articles that I've shown you. Mm-hmm. It's actually very fascinating. It goes actually, you know, if you read like Russian papers, they had like, of course, great scholars. But when the state has a dogma, so, you know, they would put out fi- facts and then they will put out the conclusion. Yeah. And the conclusion would not really match with the facts. So if you see like one of the papers I've also shown, that's also by Pashora thing. You can't Google it. It's only it's very hard to find. And, you know, I've shared it and I would really like to read it. So if you see the facts he's saying, he he's saying whatever I'm saying, like there is no basis for it till 100 years ago. But the conclusion, he doesn't want to challenge the orthodoxy that what they, these people are utter frauds and these are liars. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he, he, and this is exactly, you know, like nobody wants to do it. So this is how they play, right? So the orthodoxy is basically in the 1600s, right? 16, 16. No, no. Orthodoxy comes about a hundred years ago. When no, no. What is the orthodox claim about the five case? There what? is no claim about it. So basically in about 1700, Guru forms the, you can say the brotherhood of the Khalsa. Yeah. Right. And there is no mention in any of, so he basically, they are like about, letters that have been published right mm-hmm. and you know and if you see there is, there is no mention of any five case anywhere he does mention and so does you know uh, the person he kind of passes the baton on to like banda bahadur of five weapons which makes complete sense if you are raising an army you know you come up so so five weapons are like why i'm doing this is i want you to explain it right. very minutely so that nobody thinks ki ye kya bol right. so five weapons with just military uh, right. armaments they're not like case or kada Absolutely. or kanga anything right. of that sort so this case kanga have no basis so right okay. after the guru dies there are hukum namas oh sorry rahit namas rahit namas are basically kind of formalizing okay so we have raised an army right mm-hmm. and any army let's say like it's kushal mehra's team versus puneet sani's team right all right they, there has to be some distinction Got right it. and you always have you have to give some kind of a uniform right some kind of a code so what they are going on, you know, they agree on all, for example, that you have to keep case that has mentioned, right? Mm-hmm. Then they're like, you have to keep weapons that has mentioned. Then you have breaches. Yes. And you know, all of this actually makes perfect sense. So if you want to be like a part of like an army and who's ever ready to fight. So you have like, you know, a case and you know, you find evidence of this also from uh, Jay Singh, you know, who comes to meet the guru of contemporary court. They kept case and that is it. And all the Rehatnamas agree. They talk about keeping weapons. Everybody should keep weapons. Mm-hmm. They talk about, you know, like, but there is no mention of like five case or the Guru have said, this has absolutely no mention till a hundred years ago. Mm-hmm. So this is all, you know, so hundred years ago when the British came and, you know, they wanted to exploit the Sikhs. So all this dogma that you associate with, for example, what it means to be a Sikh, that is basically like, you know, what do you say? It's done by like the British with a couple of, you know, the stooges they found from India. And they, they basically rewrote the entire, what it means to be a Sikh in a very narrow evangelical lens. Okay. So you're talking about, uh, so there is a very specific paper that you sent to me. I think it starts with that uh, thing where this guy Trump or Trump, I don't know what the spelling was, T-R-U-M-P-H or something. T-R-U-M-P-P. P-P, yeah, Trump. So he creates a... A caricature, right? Uh, so I'm trying to obviously you you can explain it in detail, but from what I understood through that paper was that he creates a caricature of Hinduism and Sikhism, mm-hmm. and the caricature starts by the mocking of Hinduism, and then it, because that is there, Sikhism and and then somebody else picked up picks up from that and says, oh, Sikhism is even below Hinduism, right? And a kind of a response to right. that 
is this new orthodox way of looking at the whole thing that, is that the summation of that paper would you say that so it's it's a bit tricky so of course you know like they come from a very lens of their own world right yeah. so if for example you know if india rules over like the amazon rainforest and you know we will use our words to our so what are words words are basically tools in a way yeah. not, that make us understand the reality All so right. they were using their own tools hmm. so when the british came you know like they invited this guy like ernest trump and he was like okay try to make sense of like what their book is or who are the sikhs got it so he is like the first white guy who kind of tries to take up like the translation of the guru granth sahib mm-hmm. right and he he basically what he does is he he's a great philologist you know like some people just like whitewash him oh like he's like an enemy of the sikhs or not, not but you know he couldn't understand the lens he was working from so he writes you know in a very dismissive vein and that's very uncharitable to uh, to the sikhs and the sikh religion mm-hmm. or so that creates a lot of reaction based on the sikhs we also have to think you know that's a time of uh, late 19th century mm-hmm. so this so at that time the christianity is really spreading to give you an example christianity jumps five fold between 81 and 91 in punjab okay right and they are not converting like for example you know like uh, trifles so maharaja ranjit singh son you know he is basically converted to christianity that's fascinating i did not know about this so imagine if shivaji maharaj sambhaji maharaj they had converted like yeah, what that... what it would have been for the marathi yeah right? that's like a body blow right and they you know like this maharaj of kapurthala so the mm-hmm. prince they converted him to christianity mm-hmm. so they had, they they had a missionary college in uh, what do you say amritsar mm-hmm. so the people who are being trained to be scholars or gyanis they converted those to christianities even outside golden temple you know like they had a bunga where they so they created so at that time you know they really felt threatened and then they created so they were like okay we don't want to annoy these sikhs and they got this another guy and he is basically the father of you can say modern sikh uh, historiography or complete fraud his name is uh, mcclord oh sorry I, i mcclord is a great scholar mcolif max arthur mcolif okay and he basically he doesn't go into you know the granth what it says he basically says i'm going to write the history of the sikhs or whatever and what he basically does is is just like an attack on hinduism dividing like uh, ma- forcing distinctions between hindus and sikhs which basically never existed mm. and just like uh, you know making like uh, what do you say putting uh, sikhism into an entirely evangelical lens like which is basically a monotheism and when to do that you know he found of course a couple of his people who were supporting in that and they basically a century ago what we have of sikhism today is completely divorced from our like you know great grandparents kind of lived like they would not be able to make sense like what it is so what we have like sikhism is basically completely like chopped from its dharmic roots and it's like a poor imitation of a monotheistic evangelical cult and of course you know so this happened in punjab and you know then they empowered sgpc which was just basically taking this task so if you go far from punjab there is still like an understanding of what sikhism was or you know what guru's words were mm-hmm. but in punjab this has basically become and that's the crisis why you have a drug problem why people want to leave it and you know they want to escape because i the way i see it Punj- uh, like the crisis is punjab is not economic it's spiritual and you know there is there is just a cult there is no real religion or like a dharma that you can basically engage with 
because it's all dogma 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 and there is no reason for it so let me push back on that claim a little yeah. bit sure. now this claim about punjab being reduced to dogma now don't you think that would be a bit of an exaggeration about punjabi society no it's it's like for example you know uh, so when i talk about a lot of people make this claim about oh dharmic uh, are tolerant and abrahamics are intolerant and you know it's, a, it's a, for me i am a student of economics right and the way i look at things is the the incentives and constraints that you set up in a system mm-hmm. that basically shape the outcomes mm-hmm. so that is it so do you have a space for criticism or not got it do you have a space for questioning or not mm-hmm. whereas if you look in like more modern sikhism like how they have created it's just basically what, what is blasphemy like there there was no idea of like what this blasphemy this is a completely you know imported so, concept so the word used by sikhs these days is beadbi right right blasphemy right. ka jo bhai bhai na jo beadbi so yeah you know the these foolish ideas you know like if you read like guru nanak's all his thing you know all these gurus have been kind of like made into prophets who are like infallible like uh, creatures and you know like but if you read like uh, guru nanak's poetry it's a very uh, humanistic poetry it mm. talk connects you at a human level mm. you know and it talks about his own doubts his own struggles and if you look at for example you know he is not this guy who wants to go out and convert heathen lands So if you look at his travels he's basically always going to the highest seats of learning of that time Got so it. in a way he's also a seeker but here you just like no like you know this is what the guru and like what evidence is nothing so there there is no space to critique so what is this like if you if you if you call yourself seeks and if you can't even do scholarship mm. like like what does it mean mm. like for example you know everybody is talking about this uh, like kashmir files right right in kashmir files they are making this uh, you know like from the mosque they started shouting you know that you uh, hindus leave or something like that yeah. so i am saying in 1978 and i published also on our twitter in 1978 against this nirankari who mm-hmm. were basically a sect and this sect is not new this sect comes from maharaja ranjit singh's time mm-hmm. right in in that time if you uh, they basically and they use complete genocidal words for this nirankaris mm-hmm. so they said for example these people should not be able to spread at any cost all efforts all and these are i'm quoting from the hukumnama the edict that they published in 1978 mm-hmm. and these people are a scourge to humanity mm-hmm. so th- now this is a cult if this is how you treat fellow humanity mm-hmm. you know it's all about rituals to give an example the kirtans was always done by uh, a lot of this was done by mirasi mm-hmm. so mirasi in punjabi means miras means inheritance so people who inherited the tradition of singing so from guru hargobind's time who basically you know like uh, the first guru to be arams this kirtan was done by mirasis okay and to give you an example when partition happened these mirasis because they were muslim they were kicked out and they they had to go to pakistan right mm-hmm. now in pakistan they had they had a very pitiable situation because the only trade from which they could earn money was basically singing gurbani kirtan right they mm. they had no other trade so they basically yeah. they basically became laborers mm. worst of the worst and then you know like they they would practice their kirtan hiding because if somebody hears they would say you know these are singing uh, uh, songs of the kafirs and they would be blasphemy and killed so you know these people maintained over generations 
very carefully what was gurus and all these things and when these people came i don't know in uh, 2000 something you know their old person came and he said i want to do kirtan in the darbar sahib and his ancestors always used to do kirtan in the darbar sahib mm. and the sgpc said no first you become a sikh first you wear 5k's and then you can do the kirtan mm. so it's you know again like intolerance all about rituals no there is no spirituality it's all rituals you know like blasphemy like whatever it's it's a cult and you know what a cult is it's always emphasizing and that is why you know this uh, movements are uh, i just any movement what it what it is doing right either you are emphasizing the common things that we share between human beings because mm-hmm. always what we share in common is much more right yeah or uh, are we emphasizing the differences right okay so if you look at all gurus or all spiritual traditions in that sense they emphasize the common humanity yeah but if you look at sgpc which has been created mm-hmm. it is all about emphasizing the differences mm-hmm. so that's it you know so what it means to be a sikh a sikh should not be hindu like that is the first definition that came out so you should believe in there is no question of belief the gurus always talk about you know seeking mm-hmm. so sikh means a seeker they say the first definition that came out was uh like you have to believe in the guru so all about belief and you have to believe in the granth and you should not believe in any other religion or you should not so what does that mean basically the main scholars of sikhism mm. the udasis and nirmalas so if you read you know even from the british times we have documents the good thing most british was they documented everything carefully so all these scholars were udasis and nirmalas they always saw themselves as hindus they were chucked out if you read the you know there is a great book by this uh, guy his name is uh, rajiv kapoor and you know he he wrote this fascinating book in 1980s and he basically studied how this sikh separatist movement and you know how it goes next to um, and it it's fascinating you know how they uh, start is just about uh, and what he brings out some discussions that happen in the punjab parliament okay and you'll be surprised you know this hindus fight to thane and they were like you know these we never thought these gurus as ours you know mm. and there was never a distinction like we always we we contributed the same and you know what is very fascinating so uh, you you were telling me you're from canada there is another if you go back you know the first indians that went were in pacific coast mm. of america and canada mm. so if you see there most of them were started by hindus yeah even when they like they when the sikh filed petitions because at that time you can't stay you know they had all these thing so usually these are the a, agricultural laborers right, right, or indentured yeah, yeah. laborers right, right. laborers who and they they would they would say they said hindu the hindu sikh distinction didn't exist so it was just like a panth like others and the hindus like really fought you know to thin nail mm. that you know these this culture or this inheritance is equally our own mm. and you know they would have this and the british sitting in the central government they would say yeah they make a lot of sense but the british government sitting in the provincial of punjab they were saying like what you say makes perfect legal sense but we have to deal with people who are like acting like this you know kisan andolan you know they block the roads you know they threaten people they they force violence so we are just like paralyzed with this thugs and in this egg that was not a question of principle so this thing that you know uh, that you have to you to be a sikh you don't have to be a hindu that 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 is the creation that happens and you know it is so stupid to give you an example like right now we are talking in mumbai right so if you go to gujarat for example mm. so jains are a, are a small population it's a very good analogy but if you look at the influence of jains it's all all around gujarat right 
So for example, if Jain say, you know, like, no, this culture is only our own. If you're a Gujarati, go away. You know, you can't come into our thing. You know, you can't, like, what kind of nonsense is this? Like, if you really believe in faith, you actually want its influence to spread. But what their influence is, like, you know, to create a cleavage and create a separateness. So that is it. You know, it's, a, what do you say, Sikh Separatism is the book. I really recommend this book to everyone. It's by, it came in 1980s. And, uh, you know, I think it should be like uh, one of the most uh, crucial books, you know, like, uh, and it's, so it made some noise in the 1980s. And then that guy, I don't think he wrote another book and it kind of died down, but it really kind of explains how this, you know, Sikh separatism comes and what happened in 1980s was not just like some mistake or, you know, they were basically sowing this poison from 1915 to 1920s. And it just like burst up in the 1980s. And of course, you know, the politicians dealt in like the callous way that they usually do. But it eventually had to burst because at its roots are, you know, like hatred and separation and, you know, like ideas that the British like forced into like the Sikhs. So let me ask you some specific questions. Right. So there was criticism of this uh, view of Pishora Singh, I think. If I remember, there were specific scholars. I'm just looking at my notes from the papers you sent me. So there was, um, you know, Jigjit Singh. I think he was there. This is the paper uh, that uh, you sent me. I forgot the name of the paper. Uh, this was the Journal of Punjab Studies. I'll tell you the exact one. Uh, and this was called the journal of punjab studies the yes so this was the first one the role of ideas in sikh history mm -hmm. this was by jaktar s greval mm -hmm. all right now in this paper he talks about multiple scholars who oppose this pishora singh view they say no this this view of the five case is academically sound and uh, this view exists uh, in quite a few he's so he's i think uh, he says there are four or five scholars that uh, that basically say that nope uh, the five case were mentioned I, I was trying to look at the sources they were not able to give any specific source but but still you have to give sources right because that's the whole point so mm -hmm. how would you break this down then what are the specific sources so if actually, i was to you ask know, you this jaktar singh is also a very interesting guy you know he actually published a couple of papers with irfan abib and he's kind of the irfan abib of sikh historiology okay and you know these people and i think he was also like vice chancellor of gurunanak dev university which is like the biggest university and you know then they have their own kids you know who basically become and you know he's too old and i don't want to say but what is the question? So, you know, what they do, and he basically toes the Singh Sangba line. Mm -hmm. And what they always do is, you know, if you have to prove something, so they start with the conclusion in the beginning. And then basically what they take is like, uh, what do you say, like evidence and they try to do it. So what is basically five case? So he his claim is basically, he says, you know, yes, in Rahetnamas, there are, they're mentioning other things. This is bad. This is good. You know, always do this, always do that. So there is always a mention on like recite this Jabji Saab or Jab Saab, for example. Mm. But the, the Rahetnamas basically that come out in a century after Guru's death, they usually mention case, kach, and a weapon like Karad or Kirpan, right? Mm. 
right? Mm-hmm. And that we have already said. And he said, oh, like the other things, you know, they are not mentioned, but they must be part of the attire. Bhai, okay, even if that is the part of the attire, that is not the question. The question that we are dealing at hand with, like what we are taught in the Gurdwaras, mm-hmm. or what is the official version of it, that the Guru said mm-hmm. five Ks. And that is asserted. And for that, there is no evidence. There is no evidence in any of his letters. There is no evidence in, uh, what do you say, in any of his compositions. There is no evidence even when the British come. So, for example, you know, in uh, this um, Malcolm, he comes in 1810. This is Maharajaranji Singh times. And he basically writes, he doesn't mention 5K. He does mention that Sikhs have to keep five weapons. Hmm. So, what you, the question is, 200, at least 175 years before the Singh Sabha movement comes. Yeah. Is there any traditional source or foreign source that says five can five cases is essential to Sikh religion? There is none. So what he's trying to say is he wants to justify it. He's like, oh, three are mentioned, but two can be assumed. So this was always a part of things. So this this is the kind of scholarship that they do. And trust me, he is like maybe like the best that you can get. Others like, you know, who is like, for example, if you want to be a Sikh scholar or a preacher, mm-hmm. you have to tra- be trained by a by the books that have been edited by Veer Singh. And you know, Veer Singh is, and Veer Singh was given... Wait, wait, wait. I'll I'll come to Veer Singh. Sorry to come in over here because I need to uh, spend a little bit more time over here on this this subject. So let me read this excerpt. Right? This is from the Journal of Punjab Studies. uh, The same one, The Role of Ideas in Sikh History. Mm -hmm. This is page 145. So I'm reading something, right? Um, uh, And give me some time. Uh, I'll I'll read it. So I'm reading literally. So in McLeod's view, the whole of the Khalsa Rahit or the Code of Discipline was not promulgated on the Besakhi day of 1699. The question of five case, for instance, was not finally settled until well into the 18th century. McLeod maintains that the Jat cultural patterns provided the five case. I'm not going to mention all that. Uh, uncut hair was a ha- was a Jat custom observed during the 17th 18th centuries as earlier by all Jats, whether Hindu, Muslim or Sikh. The bearing of arms was a Jat practice that received ample encouragement from the events of the 18th century. Before somebody gets excited, I'm literally reading a paper. Um, With these two symbols, maybe paired the comb and the bangle respectively. This is what uh, you were talking about, right? The breaches uh, are harder to understand in this context, but it seems safe to assume that this symbol must also, in quotes, must also relate in some way to the same situation. Now, the next paragraph says the complexity of Jat culture and contemporary circumstances accounts for the prohibitions which find a place in the Khalsa discipline. Mm -hmm. The prohibition of halal meat and intercourse with Muslim women was not called for in the 1699 situation. Mm -hmm. This bit is fascinating, but it accords well with the 18th century struggle against the Mughals and more particularly against the Afghans. Presumably, the same situation accounts for the ban on the use of tobacco more examples could be cited to support the view that the code developed during the course of the 18th century in response to the inherited patterns and the impact of contemporary works. This this line is very important because I'm trying to do the devil's advocate here. The Rahitnamas uh, uh, invoke the authority of Guru Gobind Singh in order to acquire the sanction needed to enforce the code. All their contents cannot be treated as a record of the actual instructions of Guru Gobind Singh. According to Gurudev Singh, McLeod stands refuted by Hariram Gupta, whose detailed account of the founding of the Khalsa is based on the authentic contemporary and near-contemporary evidence in quotes. Uh, 
अनफॉर्चुनेटली फॉर गुरुदेव सिंह असर्शन गुप्ता डिपेंड्स लार्जली अपॉन सेकेंडरी वर्क दर इज अ रीजन वाई आई वॉन्टेड टू रीड इट सो वट सो नाउ एक्सप्लेन दिस टू मी हाउ कम such a huge swath of sikh scholarship whether it's gurudev singh like you just mentioned who relies on gupta there is jagjit singh like i told you the name of jagjit singh and there are few other scholars also how come they all keep mentioning the same thing then two things first of all you know when you read this jagtar singh and he's like the you know like kind of like irfan abib like the biggest thing you feel like really ashamed as a sikh i really feel ashamed there are two reasons so if you read mcclord for example you know he basically whenever he quotes uh, this greval he quotes him directly right mm-hmm. and then he you know in philosophy you have a principle of charity where you yeah. take the most charitable view of it and then basically he goes about you know i don't agree and he always uh, what do you say conditions his argument mm-hmm. so he never overstates he always understates his case mm-hmm. and he always gives the principle whereas in jagtar singh says is always the reverse Mm-hmm. first he doesn't quote properly mm-hmm. then he basically you know assumes ki isne aise aise kiya mm-hmm. and then you know he just removes like what do you say conditions from him so again this question is not ki like so for example where does the custom of long hair keeping or not that is a separate question mm-hmm. so if they had i i i have a different view of it i say like for example you have to be if you have to be separate you have to have a certain form of uniform right mm-hmm. and these people this was the most simple form of uniform and keeping a hair like this you look like sadhus mm-hmm. and you were fighting a dharm yudh and you yes. actually have cases then when mughals go basically try to exterminate sikhs you know when there is a fatwa to kill them at sight mm-hmm. they basically kill them sadhus mm-hmm. so they couldn't distinguish between the two yeah. so, so what was the reason of keeping hair that that can be discussed with mm-hmm. but what mclord says simply is in almost two centuries before mm-hmm. the singh sabha movement came there is no explicit mention of five case what jagtar singh says is okay if there is mention of three case two were already there but that is not the point what you have made if you go to any gurudwara or read any book or if you read any history book they said this was said by the guru gobind singh there is no evidence of that and this basically like five case it's the five case it may have existed or not but this assertion this co- comes only after singh sabha movement and the british coming to punjab so what was another thing i want to continue this point that you have mentioned even what happened on that auspicious day of 1699 right right there is no record of that right there is no primary record the, the records are like secondary sources of what he says she says kind of a thing or there are primary records so the, you know again it's a very tricky question and you know uh, we we might digress but i'll answer this question so for example this question of when this happens mm. right? so so you look at when guru basically forms khalsa right mm. and then you have nadir shah invasion and abdali invasion and maharaja ranjit singh comes after a century later and this is basically utter chaos in punjab right mm. so there are literature being written for example gur sobha that is yes. close to guru's death then there is gur bilas literature so they all give different dates right so some say this 1697 some say 1695 some says and you you understand you know like there will be some because there is no cctv camera so there will be like some divergence which is fair fine. enough fair but enough. what we can say it comes around in the end of the uh, 17th century mm. that we can all agree with but again if you want to go like this day of uh, like for example besakhi of this 1699 that doesn't find mention till 100 years after and that is sukha singh and again this assertion that this happens on besakhi and this 
this comes from gyani gyan singh who is basically a stooge of kan singh naba who is basically a stooge of uh, maclord that again comes in 1897 so this assertion that yes it is besaki 1699 and you can't question that doesn't come into this panthic till 1897 so it's fascinating you know what this reminds me of the birthday of jesus <laughs> there's no proof mm-hmm. it happened on this day or whatever i'll i'm reminded of this very interesting bit in the <laughs> in the, there's a famous movie documentary kind docu movie by bill mar it came i think in 2009 or 2011 don't quote me on that it's called religious so it basically takes two words religion and ridiculous mm-hmm. and he calls it religious and in that <laughs> he talks about this with a person about the birthday of jesus and he asks that padri in you know in vatican he's like happy birthday kabhi hai uske i don't know they just said they just made the date up he literally says that they made the date up they don't know the date that's the thing so this when you were saying this uh, this reminded me of uh, that very specific um, made but you know in that paper the again you know i'm talking about the paper of uh, peshwara singh mm-hmm. like even on page 160 for the example he does talk about you know raitnamas but they're all 18th century raitnamas there is no 16th century 17th century raitnama that specifically talks about so, it obviously so guru forms khalsa in like late 1600s right mm. so the raitnamas will come in 1700 something yeah, so 1700s mein to aana hi chahiye na right ha so in 18th century you have like six raitnama then come yeah. basically tankhana nama or something but none so mm. basically none mention five case and yeah. it's not just like uh, raitnamas there are other so you know when you talk about the date is not right i don't look at it that seriously hmm. because if you look at like human beings we don't learn by factoids that this happened that happened we learn we learn much closer in the form of story and that you know piaget has uh, jean piaget has done a fascinating research on that and you know it's a narrative form of storytelling okay. so even mahabharat basically varies so much you know all different versions of it so if the story varies that is fine but the the important thing is again till 100 years ago there were di- different narratives and they didn't agree on a date you know they were like about the close date and they were fine but after the singh sabha movement came again it's this date and you can't question it and you know if you do it it's blasphemy so i just want to read this bit also mm-hmm. so it is however important to note this is page 162 uh, pishora singh's paper in the journal of punjab studies it is however important to note that guru bilas splendor of the guru literature such as senapati's gur sobha 1711 sukha singh's gur bilas daswin patshai 1798 i'm sharing this all because of the date ratan singh's bhangru prachin panth prakash 1841 are completely silent on the convention of the five k's aapne bola to mujhe yaad aa gaya mana la wo page khol ke padhta hu true to their style these authors present the militant ideal of the khalsa Koer Singh's Gurbilas Patshahi 10, early 19th century, for instance, mentioned the following five items. One should always love the company of weapons, the Guru's word, Gur Shabad, Kach underwear and case hair. The wearing of sword, Karad, make the total five and one should never abandon them from the daily discipline. Then thus, it, it is not surprising that John Malcolm refers to a tradition of five weapons in his sketch of the six, 1812. He mentions that at the time of the Khalsa initiations, five weapons—a sword, a firelock, a bow and arrow, and a pike—were presented to the initiate. 
At the time of the annexation of the Punjab in 1849, however, the British put a legal ban on carrying weapons. In light of this situation, Baba Ram Singh had to ask his followers to carry a simple staff. Now, this is the important quote. One can assume that in order to meet this new situation, the organizers of the Singh Sabha movement replaced the tradition of five weapons with that of five religious symbols known as five Ks. Right. I repeat, I'm not making this up. I'm literally reading a paper. Now, can you talk about this? No, you know, like again, you talk the case about Pashora Singh. Yeah. So what is really like, if you look at Pashora Singh, he's a concept. He's not Harjot Obroi, who's like kind of like a revolutionary and, you know, like did this. He's like the most conservative. He's not, he's conservative scholar, right? And he he's focuses on like textual analysis and he also goes into history. But again, you know, he brings out all these facts. But then he says, oh, you know, like he, because he doesn't want to attack the Singh Sabha or SGPC orthodoxy. Mm -hmm. He just said, yeah, you know, but five is always revered. So, you know, three became five. So, you know, it kind of makes sense. And the other argument he gives... Yeah, that he, is his uh, later part in the paper. Right. Figure A and figure B, he goes about right. that. And so, he uses Oberoi as an example and stuff like that. So this is, again, you know, when I say, because, you know, you you have pressure from the top that the conclusion shouldn't go too far from what is the dogma. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you have to read between. That's the problem. You know, people say, tell me a book. <laughs> there is no book. You have to read papers. <laughs> and even with papers, you have to have the mind to think from first principles. And you should be you should have read enough that you can read between the lines what the author is trying to say. Mm -hmm. So first he says, and then he says, oh, you know, like things change. So how does he justify? Like the facts are basically saying what McLeod is saying. There is no basis for 5K. Mm -hmm. But then how can he say the 5K, you know, is fine because that's the dogma is saying. So he gives two arguments. First, five is very sacred. You know, this doesn't make sense. Three is also sacred. Seven is also sacred. No, so they create a pattern in the papers. Not kisi ne paanch ye bolein, paanch pyare bolein, paanch ye bolein, paanch wo bolein. So, boy, yes, it three may be. Varma Vishnu Vesh. If you go by the earliest Sikhism, is kya naam chako, kirat karo, and one chako. So you can make, and then he says things change with time. So if they change with time, then they are not a static thing. If they can change in 150 years from when gurus made. Then it should also change in 100 years now since they have come into existence. Hmm. So what about that? So again, you know, his conclusion is not really matching with his facts. But that is exactly the point. So even if you read papers, you have to have the mind to read between the lines. Because, and you know, what is very fascinating, this guy, uh, Pashora Singh, I think he was uh, the second chair of the Sikh Studies Department in North America, right? And the first chair was Gurinder Singh Maan. Right. And again, he's the same. You have to read between the lines. He never challenges basically the SGPC dogma or something. Basically. They call Bindrama, this Jaktar Singh, he basically, you know, I just told you what happened to the Nirankaris. Yeah. Right. And they have basically like, you know, these people are worse than the Jews because this came from the Catholic, this came from the church that you have to do a genocide of these people. I, I quote you exactly. You mean worse as in worse off? SGPC issued a hukumnama, an edict. Okay. And that they said, this Nirankari is supposedly a sect. Mm -hmm. They are a scourge to humanity. These people should, should not be allowed to spread. Every effort should be made to contain this problem. So they use complete genocidal... No, I didn't get the Jew analogy. What... This is what happened with the Jews. If you look at... So what, what the... the Nazis did to the right. Jews. So okay. If you look at, for example, the Hitler... He basically said it's not with the Jews. Like Jewishness is a problem. It's a scourge. Hmm. And you have to contain it. They, he treated them like a disease. 
And if you read SGPC, what is, this is exactly what the words they're using for Nirankaris. And these people overnight, they were like, I don't know, there were a million people, like 5% of Punjab used to be Nirankaris. Overnight, all their temper close. If you go of that time, you know, all these people who covered Shekhar Gupta, journalists from Canada, all these Khalistanis, you know, they differed a little bit whether Hindus should be killed or not. But if you look at all these rival groups, for example, Bindaram Male and Babar Khalsa, people don't know they were opposite each other and they used to insult each other. But all of them were completely united that Nirankara should be exterminated. And there are, this has been published in India today. Like I have, I can, again, you know, you can retweet it. I can send you again. I actually even made a thread on it. They, I published and they said this not to Indian journalists. They said this to, what do you say, Terry Glavin, a Canadian journalist, that Nirankaris are courage. We, we have to wipe them out. And these people have still not got no justice. They still live in hiding. There is no Nirankari who, they basically killed thousands of Nirankaris. And these people basically escaped. You know, they went to other parts of India, they went outside, they practiced their religion in hiding and they have never given a problem to anyone. So, and again, going back to Jattar Singh, I don't want to digress. He says Nirankari problem, but Bhindramala is Sant. And this guy is like supposedly the biggest, uh, what do you say, history figure of, uh, and he was vice chancellor of Guru Nanak Dev University, this Jattar Singh Greva. This is his ethics. He is calling Bhindramala is Sant and Nirankar is the problem who faced genocide. But anyways, hmm. like, I don't, you know, we, we get it. You know, these people are, is 90 and, you know, what should I say? But, but this is, this is the, and, you know, again, like Pashora Singh, I, I have to give you, he's a conservative plus, uh, uh, scholar is not, you just, uh, so there were two chairs of six studies. And when Pashora Singh, being, I sent you the paper, it was very it, good because, you know, when he was told, okay, what research are you doing now? You're finally the chair of six studies in university of California, Riverside. What was great was he basically listed out how he was persecuted by the SGPC and this mo mob of groups. So even a conservative was persecuted by the SGPC. I, I, did you read it? It's, you can't believe. You know, he was called like, a, what do you say, shunted out from the religion. They have to deal with it. And, you know, they've just like, and the other person that I was saying, he's the second, but the first person was Gurinder Singh Man. He's like 80, 90 year old guy. Uska karke nikal de usko. So he has been disgraced in his final years. And they went after a student. There was like a Jain girl. I'm just getting guessing from the name Ami P. Shah. And she did an excellent. Could be thing. a Hindu too. Jain or Hindu both. Yeah. Shah. Okay. I assume I could be wrong, but I thought Jain. You, so they went after Gurinder Singh Man. And he's again a very conservative scholar. He never attacks Bindramala. He also calls him Bindramala son. But they went after a student who was basically doing an original research of Guru's writing. And that girl could not get like a, what do you say admission like any job finally she got some job in like university uh, Rutgers but if you see she doesn't have a web page you have no links to her papers some of her papers have been erased from internet I have been writing uh, what do you say uh, emails to this lady please give me your papers I'm curious to read them she doesn't answer I'm replying to the conference keep please give me this paper they say we don't have it I go to like the University of California that used to publish this in the Journal of Punjab Studies. We, we say we don't have it because they're like, what, what do these thugs will do to us? So this is what they do to scholars. An honest, decent person has no space. So they basically speak between the lines. And I'm, I, I don't want to demean Gurinder Singh Man and Pashora Singh. I understand their constraints. But I'm again saying even the conservative, they just have to speak between the lines. So there is no scholarship, it's all fraud.
So it's basically this. This sounds a lot like a lot like a circle jerk, where everybody who agrees with each other keeps quoting each other, and they're all happy, and that's all it is about, right? That, that this is what this has created this gray wall. But there are some people, and I salute, and you know, especially in North America, you know. But the thing is, it's and again, you know, it's just like uh, the kind of SGPC that they have created. Again, you know, you were talking about jarts. It's not about so one of this. Uh, Uh, finest scholars and he's a young guy he might be our age there is a jeevan deval he's also a jat he's from uk and you know so they are products not of india you know they grew up in a british system and they they look at things and they are told not to lie or something so they are doing eventually we will win because all this uh, we had to also talk about veer singh it's just based on utter lies and fraud yeah so let's now let's get into veer singh because uh... from what i have understood from whatever you've told me and whatever i've read is the entire edifice is based on this one guy and his entire work right veer singh so the british brought one guy whose name was mcauliffe okay and he basically created entire he distort so for example i i used to post it he basically is for example guru gobind singh has said nobody knows he knows after 200 years after guru gobind singh has died somebody come, came and told him and he writes guru gobind singh said that when the british come Oh, you Khalsa, you align with the British, and you know huh? you be, I have posted this. This is from his uh, Sikhs volume five. He wrote the six uh, six volumes on Sikhs, and if anybody has to read on Sikh history, he has it. Uh, they have to read Macaulay because he was the first person to write Sikh history in English. Okay, and he writes again these foolish things that you know the Guru Gobind Singh has said that you basically become cannon fodder or you know like lackeys of the British. and you know like the british are great people and they will go east and west north and south and you go with them and you know if you go you will get a lot of prosperity you will get women and you will get happiness chavash this is this is can you believe this and this is the most authoritative sikh history written by this english guy and then he had this two guys who who were like sardar who got him one was veer singh and another thing was kan singh naba and they basically whatever he was doing in english with the state sanction they started doing this in punjabi so they started when whatever they would do they would pick all pick all the books they would remove every section that matched with like you know like the hindu connection and and just assert what fit there so this is what they do so for example if i don't know the last time you went to gurdwara so for example there is this they say aagya paya kal ki tabhi chalayo pant har sikkan ko hukum hai guru manyo granth mm-hmm. nobody says where this come from if you ask everybody i challenge you 99.99 you will i don't know you can spread 5 years you will not find one person who will be able to tell you where this come from everybody will say guru gobind singh said but guru gobind singh never said it this comes from pralad rai uh, rehtnama pralad rai rehtnama and pralad rai basically wrote it and that that rehtnama is basically full of abuses so singh sabha never wanted to use it one of the things for example he says any person who eats food without uh, what do you say uh, reciting the japji sahab and jap sahab he is equivalent to an insect of the feces <laughs> no this is true. so he is saying nonsense they removed because it doesn't match any they, because it doesn't match what they say they removed everything but one thing they said oh we have to make this granth like the bible like you know we are a monotheistic religion they picked this and they put this in the arthas now millions crores of sikhs are reciting this everybody nobody knows where it came from this comes from pralad rai ratnam and this has been pushed 100 years ago this has no basis so everything is a fraud bhaiya <laughs> so again you know one was kan singh naba like you know he worked with ratnamas and he was involved in these kinds of fraud you know whatever fits 
my british narrative and my narrative use it whatever doesn't fit erase it when veer singh veer singh is said like the father of uh, what do you say punjabi prose he got a sahitya academy award mm-hmm. if you want there is a veer singh sadan in delhi where you can get books so again you know this guy basically uh, the one guy maybe he's a brave student his name was harinder singh so you know there one of the most important historical document is uh, ratan singh bangus panth prakash right okay and it was done in maharaja ranjit singh's times or shortly after and that guy is actually very important because that guy he comes from a very illustrious family all right you know he part of his uh, grandparents come from uh, maharaja ranjit singh and part of him like great warriors who basically killed masarangar samajh gaya another thing is he is basically g- giving reference to other documents he is not just from a illustrious family is also a very well read person okay right so he made this thing and because it was so important veer singh thought nobody would find out but a lot of this manuscripts were preserved in different parts of the world so veer singh he edited this prachin pantra it's a historical document he removed all references to hindu god and goddesses how nice he removed everywhere it's hindu dharma he removed and put sikh dharma so he cancel and he put his own things so, so let me ask you this question how is this proven that he did this so this is it so this harinder saying what he did was he found that veer singh thought okay nobody would find like older manuscripts but they are lost but because this book was so important people managed to find a lot of manuscripts that were previous version veer singh said i have written this he never gave the copy of the manuscript but some manuscripts were preserved and they all match with each other but they did not match with veer singh <laughs> So this is like an outright fraud. Like I cannot imagine what is a bigger fraud you can do. On a historical document, you remove everything that doesn't fit you, and you put your own things on a historical thing. And that person has this Sahitya Academy Award, and that person's edited books are given to all people who have to become like this parties, or you know, to becomes this spread. If you want to become a person who has to spread Sikh religion or read scriptures, you have to read books by edited by Veer Singh. and that person is a complete fraud so again gurinder singh man he wrote a paper if you read this paper he puts all the facts how he has done the fraud how he has done the fraud how he has done the fraud but again then he uses very polite language in the end he doesn't want to attack it mm. but again you know what they did with gurinder singh man he is basically you know made a fake case about so so this particular paper you're talking about uh, just to get for clarification so you're talking about shri guru pant prakash it's con text context and significance right. gurinder singh man global institute of sikh studies new york and uh, so basically it is about two things right it is what veer singh has done and uh, he has used wo b se bh se naam tha kya hai bangu ha bangus it's a, basically this pant prakash was written by ratan singh bangu yeah ratan singh bangu and bangus version was different and veer singh's version was, uh, is right. different right, right. and he goes into so uh, like he he has il- interesting illustrations right where for example i'm going to read uh, i i can't see the page number exact over here but he says let me illustrate this with the, this as in he's talking about the pant prakash uh, to the opening and closing sakhis of shri guru pant prakash as they appear in the above edited editions the details of the opening section with 32 verses are as follows so there is veer singh prachin pant prakash khalse ji ki aadi utpatti ki sakhi 
देन शीतल की भी खालसी जी की आदि उत्पत्ति की सखी है देन संता सिंह की खालसे जी की आदि उत्पत्ति की सखी है एच एस सिंह की श्री गुरु पंथ प्रकाश की है खालसे जी की उत्पत्ति की सखी पी एस टिल्लों की है श्री गुरु पंथ प्रकाश सखरी सखी श्री खालसे की उत्पत्ति की सो ही जस्ट गोज अराउंड एंड सो एंड एक्सप्लेन दटल डिफरेंसेज इट्स अ वेरी इंटरेस्टिंग पेपर आई वॉज जस्ट गोइंग थ्रू इट देन ही टॉक्स अबाउट अदर थिंग्स इन द पेपर ऑल्सो बट वाई सो ओके अगेन लेट मी कम बैक एंड आस्क यू वाई इज इट सो इम्पॉर्टेंट दैट मे बी यू नो मे बी वीर सिंह माइट हैव मेड वाई minor errors or something why why do you think it is so important what like uh, okay veer singh might have made a few errors here and there but do those errors actually have such a huge impact on the overall no, history it just like exposes the guy for an utter fraud that he is and it's again you know like for example they just whenever they were like making this rahat maryada or something this is him guru could not so you know a religious what do you understand by a religious person so a religious person you know you, you act out truth so truth can actually bring you bad consequences this mm-hmm. is being a religious person i don't know what it, they have made a religious person all about outward symbols and you know how tall your turban is and how low your beard falls whereas for me a religious person is who acts out by faith even if he has to suffer he speaks the truth mm. and what they have done is they always they assumed their mind is bigger than guru guru maharaj or anybody else that mm. they basically twist his word and you know this is how it should be now how it was so this is what they have done with everything so what is is not what is coming out in the document so this basically says you it shows you mean you know better than the guru then then you saying he must have said this he cannot say this this is exactly what this is just an example of pant prakash but this is this is what they have done with historical documents throughout so wherever they say like you know guru is always talking about hindu dharm they remove and say hindu it's always about devi like for example you know if you go to ardas so it's as pratham bhagavati simarke matlab you first invocate the goddess and then you talk about the gurus so this was you know this was one tradition they were not able to erase because it was coming from the gurus time and we have mention of it you know like this but they just like you know their idea was because they had to prove to the british no no we are not like this pantheistic people you can trust us you know we can get awards from you so we are monotheistic people so for quota benefits they basically distorted and destroyed the entire religion or the movement actually and that's why if you see like you know you find mentions and they are not all like nonsense like people really sacrifice for this movement their lives and not convert and that's why everybody is, because there is all dogma there is no truth to it hmm so so maybe we should explore this bit before we wrap up also in the papers even mclord makes this reference and there are passing references in the other papers too about that how sikhism is now having a disproportionately high jat influence on it mclord mm-hmm. to very clearly says in in his references which grewal challenges to be very honest i even where i was reading it it was kind of being said and the paper again and again says this so how, how much of uh, that can be taken at face value no it's so you see like basically all gurus bar none are khatris right and the jats you know they always say it's like 50 i i disagree with it you know because we don't have an accurate number of the 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 jats because after 1930 no caste based surveys have been done so they are basically extrapolations and i basically find this pure research actually much more accurate but anyways they 
in Punjab population. So what we know from the Guru's time, even if they were not a majority amongst the Sikh community, they were certainly a plurality, right? And when you see after also this Singh Sabha movement comes, the, the Jat influence basically becomes much more pronounced in the Sikh faith. And you know, mm. like all people are equal, but all cultures are not equal. Mm. So for example, you know, like this Jat is basically, what is Jat culture? It's basically a redneck culture, right? Mm. And I show uh, shared with you this Max Vinis who basically wrote on cracker culture. And maybe you can share it with your audience. You know, they use a very charge up rhetoric and it's all about uh, masculinity and violent expression of masculinity and doing this. So basically, if you read this Punjabi song also, it's coming from this hip hop dysfunctional culture or something like that. So if you look at, for example, uh, like uh, even if you look at the Khalistan movement, for example, so wherever you look at Sikhs, for example, it's a Khatri dominated it. And, you know, all the gurus were Khatri, the culture they represent is Khatri, uh, the way they engage is Khatri. Now, even if you look, for example, the biggest industrialists that you know are Sikhs are Khatri, the biggest educationists that you know are Sikhs. So any, you can name me three people that you, that are most recognizable to you and they will be Khatris. So all the problems that you associate with Punjab, they are almost exclusively like a, uh, like a Jat culture. So for example, female infanticide, the, the untouchables don't do it. It is essentially a Jat Sikh problem. You look at Khalistan problem, all the gurus were Khatris, but you had not a single leader of this Khalistanis who were was a Khatri. There was one a Chimba guy, but they were all Jats. So there are serious uh, problems in a Jat culture and that and this culture, it's the same exactly as cracker culture. And you know, Thomas Sowell, maybe you can put this, this two paragraphs, or maybe if you can read it, because they just explain everything that I want to do. And unless there is somebody that rises who doesn't play this, you know, this cracker kind of politics, but actually says there are serious problems and we do I don't see there is any like future for Punjab. You know? So when you're talking about cracker culture, I mean, uh, so what exactly are we looking at here? All right. So here it is. So I'm reading the two paragraphs that you know Puneet has sent me uh, uh i'll reference out the the page number the book and everything in thomas souls uh, edition in the in the video you'll see it and then show notes below in the description so in this world of impotent laws danger daily dangers and lives could be snuffed out at any moment the snatching at whatever fleeting pleasures presented themselves was at least understandable Certainly prudence and long-range planning of one's life had no such payoff in this chaotic world as in more settled and orderly societies under the protection of effective laws. Books, businesses, technology, and science were not the kinds of things likely to be promoted or admired in the world of the rednecks and crackers. Manliness and the forceful projection of that manliness to others and advertising of one's willingness to fight and even put one's life on the line were at least plausible means of gaining whatever measure of security was possible in a lawless region and a violent time. The kinds of attitudes and cultural values produced by centuries of living under such conditions did not disappear very quickly, even when social evolution in North America slowly and almost imperceptibly created a new and different world with different objective prospects. The cultural values and social patterns prevalent among Southern whites included an aversion to work, proneness to violence, neglect of education, sexual promiscuity, <laughs> improvidence, this is funny, drunkenness, lack of entrepreneurship, reckless searches for excitement, lively music and dance, and a style of religious oratory 
marked by strident rhetoric and bridled emotions in flamboyant imagery. This oratorial style carried over into the political oratory of the region in both the Jim Crow era and the civil rights era, and has continued into our own times among black politicians, preachers, and activists. Touchy pride, vanity, and boastful self-dramatization were also part of this redneck culture among people of uh, regions of Britain where the civilization was the least developed. They boast and lack self-restraint, Olmsted said, after observing their descendants in the American antebellum South. Now, let me push back here. Don't you think this is, I mean, there's no survey, right? I mean, if I was to push back over here and tell you that, how do you make this conclusion that you can find these patterns mm -hmm. in Punjab too right now in certain communities? No. For example, you know, like one, I gave you Khalistan. So let's take three examples, right? So why are, why were there no Khatris? Like they were no less Sikhs. All the gurus were Khatris. Mm -hmm. Why, why didn't they lead the Khalistan movement? Then I talked about female infanticide. Then, you know, uh, this uh, this very fine lady, uh, mm -hmm. I think you should also, I don't know if you have, do you know this girl, Swati Goel Sharma? Mm -hmm, I you know, know. She's one of the few people who does ground reporting. So if you see, for example, how, how these Mazhabis have been kicked out, out of this Gurdwaras, it's Jatsik Gurdwaras. Have they ever been kicked off from Khatri Gurdwaras? If you go to, you know, next time you come to US, you go to a Jatsik Gurdwara, you see all these pictures of the terrorists. Like, you know, like you go to a Khatri Gurdwara, you will immediately feel like what something is very different here. So if you go to Long Island, for example, where Khatris live and they, they're, they're not a single picture of the terrorists. Now look at, for example, you randomly do it, you know, you search a gang bust Canada, right? So, you know, this is, these people are such a big disgrace. Kushal, I give you, I've studied Indian immigration pattern for the last 200, 200 years. You know, after the British came, you know, like Indian immigrants went everywhere. Mm -hmm. So you pick any country, they went all over the world, Hong Kong, Malaya, uh, Americas, uh, West Africa, East, everywhere, right? And you always find, you know, things very common, very low, low rate of divorce, very high education, very low criminality, uh, what do you say, very high in economics, very high in education. So it's common throughout. You never heard Indian names in criminality. Pakistanis, yes, for example, in UK. Mm -hmm. Even though on the surface we are the same race, we speak the same language, but if you look at the outcomes, they are so much more different because the culture is not the same. Now you do for the first time, this is what these Khalistanis are doing in Canada. You put gang bust, drug bust Canada. Okay. And you put any news article at random and you start reading the names. I don't know if you can identify when, wherever they have written. And I have posted this on Twitter three, four times. So wherever they, if there are 20 people, they have mentioned the last name. They're all just not a single Brahmin, not a single Khatri. But, but that could be a sampling error because don't you think most Sikhs outside India are also Jat anyway? No, no. The, if you go to Canada, for example, there are also Punjabi Hindus. There are also like equal number of Hindus. Like why why, why they are not involved in the drunk? If you go, it's, it's completely the reverse. It's not just sampling error. What they are doing is completely contrary to what is the, the norm. The norm is Always Indian immigrants are the least in crime, the most educated, the least rate of divorce, and the most uh, most educated and most economically successful. And th this is the first time that they, they are doing it. And to a person, they're all jats. And there is nobody to, you know, be, and I'm not saying against that. Like, for example, even in scholarship, one of the most brilliant guy after Harjot Opera is Jeevan Diol. You know, he's from UK. He's a jat. If I, as a Punjabi, the people I really look up to, you know, like 
So the greatest one, I think he was one of the greatest chief ministers of any state was uh, Pratap Singh Kero. He was a jot. I think uh, KPS Gill, I think there are no words enough. He's maybe the greatest Indian after independence. He was a jot. The greatest person who worked in social work. And you know, he was in a Kali leader actually. Even though I'm against a Kali. Jeevan Singh Umran uncle. You know, he's, he stood up to Bindanwale. You know, mm. he he fought. So whenever they were, uh, they would throw out Hindus out of Punjab, mm. he would go and beg them and try to bring them back. Mm. His son was killed. You know, this is a real thing. His, his son was killed by the militants. And he said, uh, he said to his daughter-in-law, leave the body and let's go and, you know, do Hindu Sikh Ekta, Hindu Sikh unity. So he was a Jeevan Singh Umran uncle. He's a jack. So it's not, there are always, because, you know, that's intelligence is not spread across. It's spread across all cultures, right? Mm-hmm. So there are, of course, brilliant people in Jars as well. And especially if they come, they stand out even more because they have to struggle to come at all. Mm. But the question is, as a culture, what do you value? And that's what I send you this. So if you see Jars, they're making Bidranwale a hero. If your culture is this, you can even have Jeevan Singh Umran Nangal or Pratap Singh Garo or KPS Gill. But if your culture is such that Bidranwale is hero, because again, you know, you say it's word to word. Like, you know, we have to do the Pranadimka and they, they have no understanding of any me. Then of course, your, your culture will be backward. And they can't even claim that, you know, like the Dalits, that they are oppressed because they are the most powerful, in the most powerful position politically and socially. Hmm. So it is a, unless there is a great man that rises and is a jar and acknowledges and dedicates his life to like reforming the community. You know, this, uh, you know, this Jatwa is basically holding the entire uh, uh, Panth and the state to ransom. So maybe this could be our closing section. So what do you think is the solution to all this quagmire? I just said what I had. There has to be a reform in the Jat society. This Jat Sikh society, I'm saying, you know, is just like, so whatever you see, like for example. But it has to come from within, not then, right? Right. But there has to be, and we have to make that, you know, space available. That if somebody comes up and he, and he you know, uh, speaks about yeah, but then a Pishora Singh can't write his papers. Then Harjot Singh Obrae goes into hiding after writing that book in the 90s. Well, the whole university system banned by Jadi Unki. Unfortunately, they come after you when you talk about things. Uh, in some cases, uh, extremely violent ways also. So what do we do? I don't know. I just think, again, you know, you are an atheist. And I don't know what I am, but for me, being a religious life is speaking the truth. And he says, I'm not sure if 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 i I still understand the value of the culture. I still understand the value of cultural continuity. I think there is something deeply, deeply, uh, because at the end of the day, you know, we are both ethnically from the same state. And the reason we talk about these things is because we love our state, ethnically, the state where we have originally migrated from. I know you're also no longer a Punjab boy, nor am I. I'm to, I'm to, I mean, I always say I'm 33% Gujarati, 33% Maharashtrian and whatever little Punjabi is left and 1% North American. I always say that. I mean, I have nothing against North America before somebody gets excited. And I know most, I don't know, actually, this trend in North America. But I, I genuinely feel that you can only have these discussions without accusing and being loud and critique. So 
So look, what I'm going to do is again, I repeat all the things, all the claims that are made in the description, there'll be links. I don't know if I can hyperlink the PDFs, but what I'll do is I will mention, okay, this paper is here. This paper is here. This paper is here. This paper is there. And you guys can find those papers. You can read them. Uh, you can, you know, like the Thomas Sowell quotes that I read. You know, we'll mention the book name and we'll mention the page number where we have quoted it from. What I am doing is, my job is, now I don't know, I've not made up my mind on many things Puneet says. I'll be very clear. But I'm open to discussion. My whole point was, let us talk about it. We should not shy away from discussions. He's made his points. Now, if you oppose him, like I, you know, I even read excerpts of people who oppose the point of view, right? I read a paper of Greval, right? The Greval paper actually opposes the point of view. The point is you have to read. If you have questions, you know, you can get to me, you can email me and otherwise, you know, on Twitter, Puneet is there, Puneet's handle is there. You can reach out to him and, uh, you know, you can ask him questions. I'm sure he'll be more than happy to answer them also. So we'll end it over here, Puneet. Thanks a lot. It was a pleasure talking to you. You know, I have to say in-person chats are much better than on the internet. <laughs> the delay is not there. So thanks a lot uh, for doing this. And hopefully, you know, we will have many more such conversations in the future. Thank you. Jai Mahabharat. All right, guys, we will wrap today's discussion up. As always, please support the Charvak podcast. The, you know, this is the only place you'll find discussions like this. I try my best to talk academically with references, with sources. And even when I talk about these issues, I make sure I read them before I talk about them. So, you know, it took me like 200 pages of reading to just prepare for this podcast, just for this podcast. It was 200 pages of base reading. And then I had to go and read the opposition side also. That was under 150, 200 pages to, you know, at least question. So please support it. This, this is the only thing I do. I... I'm only empowered if you guys support me. So to subscribe to the channel, like the video, leave your comments, go and follow Puneet on Twitter. The description will have his Twitter handle and support the podcast. You know, you can become a member on YouTube. You can become a subscriber on Patreon. You can buy the merch on kushalmera.com or on kadakmerch.com or you can send your donations directly through UPI. I will see you guys next time. Until then, take care. Bye-bye.